Texarkana's longest-running sports talk show, Villiard, on 107.9, The Fan. Welcome, boys and girls. It's about a minute after top of the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, and today, joining us on the presentation, actually, it's a twofer again. It's like a twofer Thursday. Twofer. Twofer Thursday. Instead of a, a twofer Tuesday, we've got a twofer Thursday. And joining us at the start of the presentation today, the, the, the better looking of the two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you talking about Brandon or are you talking about my wife? Well, well I'll see which one you were going to. I was, I was going to see if you were going to answer that first. Brandon, yes. The wife, not <laughs> even close. <laughs> so the face of the Arkansas High Razorbacks, how about that? That is uh, Matt Riddle joining us this afternoon. We had him in here last week for uh, a cameo. He's back again. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Tell you what, uh, I said it was a two for today. Coming up bottom of the hour. This one kind of dropped in our lap. Thank you, Greg Cordray, who uh, last night uh, let me know that uh, former Pleasant Grove Hawk baseball star uh, Jared Bayless, who's now in the Seattle Mariners organization, is in town for a week or so. So I reached out to Jared last night, invited him to come into the uh, studio and, and do a segment or so with us. He said, I'd love to. He'll be here at 530 today. We'll get to talk a little uh, baseball with a professional baseball guy. As long as he doesn't stand next to me, he's six five. He's so. a little large. <laughs> yes, he's. Well, you mean you could, you could tip your toe. Stand in the chair. <laughs> That's right. Work on posture. That's it, Riddle. Exactly. <laughs> Pull the mic up just a touch. There you go. Anyway, so we've got uh, we got that going on today. Uh, last show of the uh, week. Obviously, got a lot of football tomorrow. You are going to tomorrow be at home. Yay. On, uh, watching the games. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> at home watching a game. Yeah. We'll be, uh, Arkansas High will be at home. Uh, we'll be on 98.7 Real Country. Excellent. Uh, as they bring in uh, Magnolia for the first conference game of the year. Panthers. Yep. Yeah. If you are uh, not familiar with Magnolia, I, and I'm assuming they're still running like a wing T kind of yeah. thing, very power football oriented, uh, a la kind of like PG. When uh, Coach King was up in, uh, where is he, Foreman? I believe so. He was running the heck out of that there and mm-hmm. killing folks at the lower levels in Arkansas. Got this job at Magnolia. He's probably been there, I'm guessing, five years I now? I think so. I think five. It may be that long and has had very good success at Magnolia. Has mm-hmm. some outstanding athletes and has a program that is, I would think this is one of those games that if Arkansas High is for real and we keep thinking they are, this may be one of those seeding games. Oh, yeah. Who's going to get – I don't know if anybody beats Parkview. We've had this conversation before. Yeah, I think so. But, but are you seeding for third, fourth? Yep. And this uh, may be one of those. Magnolia's coming in 2-1. Yep. Hogs going into this game 3-0. and uh, First time they've been 3-0 and since, I think, 2020 was the last year that they were 3-0. Okay. Right. Um, but this Magnolia team, uh, guy was checking out me and Brandon. We're actually looking at the Max Preps yep. website. They've got 83 total passing yards. And that's all to one receiver for the whole year, for the first three really? games. Really, And they have a total of 808 rushing yards. That's about right. So, um, you know, that's just in three games. Yep. So, I mean, it's going to be... So, they're averaging 300 yards a game. Yep. On the ground. And, and yeah, the majority of that's yep. on the ground with about 30 yards per game in yep. the air. Which means they throw just because... It gets a. It's, it, it's a sure chance to move oh, yeah. somebody out of the box, or yep. I'm sure it's a you know kind of what Arkansas High did last year. Yeah. Run, run, run. Yeah, and then they start keying into that run. Well, let's drop one in. Yeah, so I'm and, sure and it'll, it'll be, be it, and it'll be drop one in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's about as many as they'll exactly. do. Now we say all that. You know, they may have a completely different game plan coming in. They it. may change their uh, their spots a little bit for Arkansas High, but yep. you kind of feel like. 808 yards, I don't see them doing too much different. That and, and, you know, that's the funny part about football. We can talk about schemes and formations, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, can you block 
can you tackle? And Magnolia is going to say, we're going to block. Can you get off the block and can you tackle our guys? We'll let you know what we're doing. Here's the formation. Here's where we're running. We've got guys that are going to block. Stop us. Yep. Which is, you know, it's frustrating if you can't because you know what they're doing and they're just beating you to the spot. That's like playing Madden with somebody. You go and play Madden with somebody and they run an I-formation draw every or a uh, handoff up the middle every time they're getting 20 yards like we'll keep doing it all game right it's frustrating <laughs> you I gotta stop I, it. I can't play mad you know it's hey this is what's coming stop i it. can't play madden <laughs> i've tried to play with my son every now and then he he got he's, he's big into that madden so i'll get on there and try to compete. i beat him once but most of the you time beat him get, once yeah most of the time i get beat i just like talk crap you don't turn it off as he's winning <laughs> no like, oh, there. oh I'll man just, I'll, see power. I'll see if i can't bring him down a little bit but really? you know it's not working smack to him or something yeah. like that but hold your son uh, he's 16. He'll be 16 in April, so he's 15. Oh, yeah, you have no chance. Just got his permit. You have no oh, chance. <laughs> he's got faster fingers, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, you've got no chance. <laughs> now, I'll You're an old man. Duty, though. I'll give him on Call of Duty, though. Right, I got well, him on it. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Anywho, so uh, that's what's uh, going on for you tomorrow. We got, uh, don't forget, Texas High playing tomorrow night. Uh, they will be uh, in uh, Hallsville tomorrow, opening up district play as well. So, uh, we've got lots of football going. Liberty Ilo is uh, back in action again as well tomorrow night. So we've got games galore all over the place. And I think they told me they've got sulfur. Pleasant Grove's homecoming. Is Pleasant Grove's got homecoming Friday as night. well Friday. So uh, Paris is coming into Texarkana. I think uh, – I can't remember if, if Ellie's here. They t- somebody took my little sheet. I had a sheet that was sitting right here. And maybe Tony took it with him when he when he left when he retired. He took his one sheet that was worth a darn that had all my football schedules on it. We can blame everything on, on him now. Well, I always do. <laughs> no, I always do. All right, and as we get started today, yeah, obviously uh, high school football is where we're beginning. We, we will do picks of righteousness today because okay. it is Thursday after all. So we have that. Uh, and again, Jared Bayless is coming in at five thirty, so we'll talk baseball with him during the third segment. Uh, bad news if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. This was, uh, let me see, uh, on, on ranking how bad this news could be, we'll start with this. Um, Micah Parsons w- out would be the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. That's a catastrophic 10 out of 10. Dak being hurt probably is a solid 8 out of 10. Today, practice, Cowboys, MRI confirms, Cornerback Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL today. Left leg. That's a solid six. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Five or six. And only I only say that because they picked up Stephon Gilmore in the offseason. They've got a handful of guys. They, they just got one that came off of uh, injured, I think played last week, Bland. Mm-hmm. They've got another one after week five that's supposed to come off uh, the, the uh, injured list as well and be available. They've got a little bit of depth to play with there. But you're talking about you've lost a, I think, two-time Pro Bowl player mm-hmm. who already now he got a pick last week and it was kind of a cheap one. A quarterback got hit on a play that, that Diggs had been beaten on. Yep. And it was probably going to give up a touchdown. Yep. Instead, the ball ended up coming up short and Diggs got a pick out of it. But either way, you got an interception at the end of the year. They don't ask you how'd you get it; they ask how many did you have. Yep. So he got one there. Uh, I think he had a forced fumble or maybe a fumble recovery. He had a couple of three breakups, I, I yep. think. Um, but now it, you wonder if it doesn't lessen the impact of signing Stephon Gilmore. And let me explain that. Because before, you had to tr- try to figure out who am I picking my poison with. Like, well, I've got two Pro Bowl caliber cornerbacks. I'm not feeling comfortable throwing against either one of them. And I may be focusing more on the middle of the field than the edges. Mm-hmm. Now with Diggs done... Gilmore may become the shutdown guy, but is the guy opposite of him of that same ability or caliber? We think obviously not. And now now makes whoever's about to be the replacement for Trayvon Diggs maybe the most important player on the field, not named Micah Parsons for the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. You know, the good thing is, and the reason I say it's a solid six, is Dak Prescott, quarterback. You got one on the field at one time. Yes, Parsons, he's, he's a just freak. a monster. Yeah, he's just, just a, freak. a freak of nature. There's only one freak. Yeah. You get uh, Pollard, 
he was to be injured. I mean, he's your main go-to running back. True. But you'd normally only have one at a time. Well, having a cornerback or safety or something in the DB area, you've got multiple of those. Right. So not necessarily as big of a hit as you would think, but still, I mean, it can put a wrinkle in things. Now, we could make the, the positive spin on this. If I'm a Cowboy fan and I'm listening to this going, oh, God, this is terrible. And, in fact, I got a really good friend, and that's basically what he started with today when he texted me. This is awful. <laughs> Can't believe this. I'll do this, though. Cowboy defense has been predicated on aggressive, ball-hawking, risking, taking risks. Mm-hmm. That's Diggs. Yep. D- Diggs is a risk taker. Yep. And it's high risk, high reward for Trayvon Diggs. He may go for interceptions and get them, and turnovers are huge in the NFL, obviously. Or he may go for interceptions and miss them and gives up big plays to the opposition. Settling in on somebody who's not high-risk, high-reward, who's a little bit more stable, a little more consistent, not as... He's not going to flip the needle one way or the other. He's just going to play his position. A lot more conservative. I don't know if that's not a bad thing, necessarily, if you're the Cowboys. Well, you know, you look at Diggs' stats over the last couple of years, and he may have seven, eight, ten picks in the season, but then you go and look at his stats on how many yards were gained off of him. Sure. So there's your your high risk, high reward. You bet. You know, now you get somebody that's going to be a little bit more conservative. He's trying to earn that spot and not have them go find somebody else to bring in. Yep. So he's not necessarily going to either – I don't see him going out trying to make the big plays – Right off the bat, I think he's going to have a little bit more cushion, let him get those short routes, keep the deep routes away from him, and just be a little bit more conservative. I think it's I think it would kind of help a little bit on the defensive end for it. It makes you wonder as well. Cowboys safeties haven't had to double. Yep. Because you've got such you know yep. Pro Bowl caliber guys on the outside, you don't necessarily have to commit safeties to doubling. No. Nope. That may be the bigger impact yep. of all when we start looking at playing teams like Minnesota that have outstanding receivers in a couple yep. of spots, Philadelphia that's got them, Washington that's got them. When you start looking at teams that have two high-caliber receivers where before you said, I got my guy, mm-hmm. he can handle them. Now I may be saying, I got to rotate a safety that way, and that opens up different things. Yeah, That I think may another, be the result. I think another thing, though, is going to help out is Dallas has something they haven't had in a while, and that's a lot of speed on the D-line. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, they're just wrecking pass, running smooth by these guys. So, regardless of what kind of you know defensive backs you have, if you're a defensive line and your linebackers are getting in the backfield as fast as they are, I mean, it, it kind of says it for itself. Yeah. Quarterback's going to be throwing short every time. Yes. Or he's going to be tossing it up there. Yes. So, I mean, losing digs is always a big thing. I mean, he's a big caliber player. But at the same time, you've got the defense that can do what they need to do around him. This has been a bad week for NFL injuries. We, we said it on Monday after you look at losing Saquon Barkley to an ankle. He's supposedly out. I think they've got him out for eight weeks right now. I hope it's not that many. I saw four, but they four. may have they may have changed it because of high ankle sprain. Last I saw, I want to say it was eight. Yeah, that's terrible. Of course, so. Nick Chubb, we know, is done for the year after mm-hmm. that mess of a knee injury he had uh, and now to lose Trayvon Diggs yeah. in a practice on a Thursday not during a game gives you a little bit of a chance to adapt obviously but it also means you know oh yeah we got uh, we got a big player you agree with uh, uh, Micah being a 10 out of a 10 catastrophic? oh 100% yeah. I, I think the scale doesn't compare for him I think I think he's a 12, 13 out of 10. 12, 13. <laughs> that's more than 10. Man, I don't know where you went to school. He that's gives more that than he 10. Gives a, that's a hook's education. That's a, <laughs> 10's just a suggested top out of 10. It's like speaking you can go just more. a suggestion. <laughs> it's spinal tap. That's yeah. an 11. That 11 on that amplifier. Yeah, it goes exactly. one more. That's what it is. All right, tell you what, we're going to take a break. Already walking in the door. We got him in. It looks like a segment early. It's awesome. Jared Bayless is in here. We'll talk to him next when we come back. You listen to Leaving the Yard here on the Fan 1079. Back in just a couple.
here. Take a deep breath. In. And out. Every breath makes you feel closer to nature. And every sip makes nature feel closer to you. Nickelb Ultra Pure Gold. Beer in its organic form. I'm Dr. Miller, a dentist and a volunteer for Dental Lifeline Network. DLN is a nonprofit that has helped me literally change the lives of people in my community through the Donated Dental Services Program. DLN asks dentists to volunteer to see just one of the many patients in need each year. If you're a dentist or know a dentist, please share this information. Like me, they can make a real difference in someone's life. DLN makes it easy. Go to willyouseeone.org to learn more. That's willyouseeone.org. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. This is Leaving the Yard with Chuck Zack, presented by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing, on 1079 The Fan. All right, welcome back. 18 after the hour. Leaving the Yard here on The Fan 1079. Uh, Chuck Zack, Matt Riddle in today. Hey, and uh, hanging out with us this, uh, this second segment is uh, Jared Bayless. We, we said 5.30. He got here early, and we don't we don't make him wait. We get him on as soon as we can. And so Jared's in here, and we're going to talk a little baseball. And first of all, it's great to see you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. 26? You're not 26 years old. I am 26. How did that happen? Jared, you were, you, you were 16 a few minutes ago. Happens quick. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and doing well, still playing baseball, which is the dream in high school. Can I make this be a career? You're 26 years old. You're still doing it. Yeah, I'm blessed to be here. I didn't think that I was going to be playing into my next year's the sixth year of my minor league contract. Right. And I thought I'd be like out and made it to the show or I'd be out in three years. Right. But here I am going into year six. So when, when you say I thought I'd either be – you know, up in the majors, or I wouldn't be doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're past your three-year expectation. Mm-hmm. How long do you keep doing this if you don't make it to the majors? You know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. Right. You know, they say, like, you know, make your life your medicine. And so I've really just tried to fall in love with this life and what it looks like, training, the crazy travel, and, you know, it brings me fulfillment. I enjoy right. doing it. So it's not something – that's not really a question – I'm asking myself in this moment, like I just, I I know I can get better, right. and I have opportunity. I still have a job, thankfully, so I'm just going to keep my head down and keep working on those things. When you say I, I have a job and I know I can get better, so 
COVID year is kind of weird and doesn't really count for much of a discussion. But mm-hmm. but now 21 and 22 and 23, how have you felt like I've gotten better the last three years? Yeah, that's been, that's been a journey. And each year brings, you know, its own challenges or lessons right. you can take away from it. The biggest turning point, though, has been, you know, I think whenever I got into pro ball, I had a different idea of what it was going to be like. You know, I fell in love with this process of getting better training. And, you know, I think that brings forth a lot of great things to players getting better. And, you know, like it gave me career opportunities I wouldn't have. But I realized that I'd fell in love with training more than the actual game. Really? And, um, you know, it was the game was something I didn't expect. It was, quote unquote, not optimal, you know. What do you explain that? So, like, it just gets messy. Season's hard. There's a lot of, you know, requirements that are asked of you. Hey, like, we're giving you the ball again today. I right. know you just threw 30 pitches a day ago, but, um, you know, this is your job. That's right. what you get paid to do. So you got to be ready for that. So it kind of a flitch, a switch flipped right. where I started to really embrace those aspects. And, you know, I'm eager for those opportunities. Uh, I think they make me better and they give me an edge on my teammates. When you say a, a switch flipped, was there a point early on where you were things like back-to-back days because in high school you're sure not doing that in college you're probably not doing that for the most part unless you're in a Mm -hmm. series that matters a great deal and you're the closer probably not being asked to throw consecutive days when they came to you and started that process and you feel like I'm I'm putting my body in jeopardy by doing that where is the place where you kind of embraced and said you know what I'm getting past that part I'm looking at this is an opportunity to get better yeah you know well thankfully in the minor leagues, the Mariners run it great. They care about our long-term success, so they, it's like a rule. We'll, we'll never throw on back-to-back days rest. Okay. You'll never throw more than 30 pitches in an inning. There's some, like, safeguards built okay, in. Okay, good. They, they, they good. care for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually – you're an asset, right? Yeah, yes. So, technically, prospects, you know, we're yeah. all prospective uh, big leaguers. So, I guess the biggest switch happened where I realized that a part of me um, – was rejecting uh, this because it wasn't optimal. You know, I'm like, there's a better way to do this. And, you know, well, it's, I was dealing with uh, shoulder injuries in 21 and 22, and it'd been a recurring thing. It's kind of like I was hitting my ceiling right. and I was bouncing down. I got to find a way to get better and get past this. Um, and then a switch. You know, instead of like viewing this stressful experience as something to be avoided, now I welcomed it and I viewed it as a way to get better. You know, this is a challenge now. This is what I have to beat versus this is the ceiling I keep bouncing sure. off of. So that was that was a really big turning point in my career because um, it kind of like a lot of cascading effects came from that. This season, I think it showed for it. Uh, this is the first full season I've had with no injury. Uh, and that's hard to do as a, as a relief pitcher. Right. I mean, it's a, such a – you have to bounce back on so many circumstances. Uh, you come in and you're throwing the 7th, 8th, ninth. These are high-leverage situations. Um I'm not saying those innings mean more, but the stress definitely no, takes no an question. effect physically on how you recover from that too. Is it? Is it? Or let me rephrase that: How is it going to be different this off season, not having to come back from an injury, not having to deal with workload management issues, not having to deal with I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to? You've got a full year under your belt. You walked away healthy, had a very good end of the year, a big a big appearance to get your team in the playoffs. How are you going to approach this offseason as opposed to maybe the last couple? That's a good question. I think uh, in the past, I've always viewed there's one thing I needed to get better at, two things I need to get better at. I would isolate a specific quality. Um, what I've come to realize is that those things are true, um, but for like to keep this sustainable, you need to improve in every aspect. You have to become better as a person. You know, that's what I'm thinking is the, the, the truly the biggest assets to my development are less like physical attributes. Okay. Like, I need to get more powerful. It's like it comes down to like who are you as a person and how are you viewing this training experience? Uh, and does it align with where you want to be? And that's been the, the biggest unlock. So it's really uh, just more of the same what I'm doing now is I've trained my body to be able to throw uh, at this point, you know, every three or four days. Right. Uh, and if I take time off, you know, I'm losing all those adaptations that I've built. It's really hard to get your body ready to like throw as hard as you possibly can and it be okay. Right. It's really hard. And so once you lose that, um, you have to take like a month to get back up into that high effort range. So I'm going to, I'll drop down the volume a little bit, but I'm going to keep that intensity. Yep. Jared Bayless joining us this afternoon. 
Yeah, that's one thing. So, you know, I coach American Legion baseball for mm-hmm. the Arkansas side. And, you know, you get a lot of those young men that are able, you know, that are those college caliber players. You get some of those guys that, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you keep your work up, you keep training and everything else, you may go to the next level, even past college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that I admire about you just from hearing you. I've never met you before, but just hearing you talk, you don't see that a lot in kids nowadays, like high school guys, even guys are in their freshman year in college that have – that mindset for how much work it actually is mm-hmm. you know because a lot of these kids just they, they think they get these god-given talents and it's you know what hey i'm gonna come out here and i'm gonna i'll throw a little bit i'm gonna take a week off and then i'll come back and throw again and mm-hmm. when it's summertime it's like you know what i've got a college offer i'm going to college the next year after my senior year i'm gonna go ahead and just take this summer off mm-hmm. well they don't realize when you take that summer off now you've got two or three months worth of just getting back in line, mm. getting back in shape already when you get to your school. Yeah. Everybody else that's in college ball is plays all summer, all fall. They're doing something to stay in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with what you're saying, I mean, what would be something you would like to tell some of the young athletes, some of the high school guys that do have that dream to go play pro ball, go play college ball? What's something you would tell them about just what they need to concentrate yeah. on more than just – their God-given ability. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think a lot of us wrestle with it. I think at some degree, all players who make it into the next level will kind of have to go through this stage of that same, it's a thought process, it's a way you view it. And what comes to my mind first is, um, you know, that athlete that we're talking about that takes that time off, that is a little inconsistent. And the way I view it is they're probably thinking, it would be nice if I made it to the next level. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice, right? be nice if I made it to Division One baseball. Um, but to make it, uh, it can't be nice. It has to be the only option. Uh, you have to, like, work your butt off to get yep. there. Um, so I think that would be my word of advice to start there. Decide that's what you want and then act like you want it yep. and do the steps necessary. And, you know, what I would say is, like, well, like, what do I do next? Like, whatever you feel you need to do, whatever mm-hmm. you're most interested in, start there. Because it's a long process, and to make it, you're going to have to learn a lot of stuff. So might as well sure, start now. I mean, I'm sure one of your biggest things you think of, and you kind of touched on it a little bit ago, you know, when you think, okay, well, I'm either going to be here in three years or I'm not going to be here. I'd mm-hmm. be in the league or whatever. You know, you don't think about what's your next step afterwards. You're not thinking about anything after baseball mm-hmm. because you're thinking, this is what I want to do. And, you know, a lot of people always tell you, you, want to, you need to love your job. Mm-hmm. You know, some people always say, you know, if you don't love your job, you don't feel like waking up and going and doing it, then find another job. Well, you're doing exactly what you love, and you're pursuing everything. You're putting forth the effort. You know, some of these guys just they don't they don't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're doing exactly what you want, and you're not thinking about what if, what mm-hmm. if I'm doing after this. You're thinking about the goal at hand right now, and that's doing your job and getting to the league. You're not worried about afterwards. Yeah. You know, I like it. So how do the Mariners view you? I mean, obviously, yeah. at the end of the day, as much as you have self-improvement going on, mm-hmm. the guys that are judging where you're going to go next, what are they looking for? You know, we <clears throat> we value things that some orgs may not. Um, like, we get into analytics. The Mariners are very, I would say, like, progressive. And I think they're on the, like, they're in the outer rim of, like, the people that are really pushing the game forward and kind of finding some uh, things you wouldn't think about that really – contribute to uh, consistent success uh, but the biggest thing that they care about is like 00 and 11 strike percentage okay. and k to walk uh, mm-hmm. so we call it controlling the strike zone so as a pitcher if you can limit the amount of you know like walks you get and you maximize the amount of strikeouts you get that's a great indication of like how consistently you're filling up the zone mm-hmm. and and you did that would you have seven walks all year i think between yeah. the three levels you were at yeah some like seven yeah and you know that's like something like in my mind you know am i going to walk this guy like I said, it's not even a question i'm considering like the they give us a stat this will help explain my okay. viewpoint all right oh oh if you throw a pitch in the strike zone you have a 94 percent chance of getting the ball back in your glove with one out or one strike Okay. There's a 6% of the chance, 6% of the time that they get a hit. Right. So knowing that, why would you ever do anything but fill up the strike zone? Mm-hmm. And with that, I've changed the way I pitch considerably since high school. I throw, I think it was 77% sliders on the year. Okay. The Mariners throw the most sliders out of any organization uh, in baseball. And it's because it's the hardest pitch to hit. Right. It moves mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Um, and I throw the new pitch, the sweeper. 
Uh, so that's kind of like my bread and butter. Okay. I throw it up there 77% of the time. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, if anyone throws a pitch, it's 94%. But if I'm throwing a pitch that's not just anyone's pitch, it's a slider, which is categorically one of the better pitches, and it's one of the better sliders. Right. I'll take my odds throwing this thing in the zone as much as I can. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then get out of the zone with two strikes. And it makes it a lot simpler that way. <laughs> you know, Corbin Burns, when he won the Cy Young Award a couple of years ago, had a stupid year of no walks. I mean, he went some 50 innings or whatever it was of not giving up a base on balls. It was mm-hmm. insane. The next year, he had struggles replicating that. And I think he actually changed his mindset a little bit about, I can't walk anybody, I can't walk anybody, I can't, mm-hmm. that the pitches started coming in fat. I think after he gave up the idea about walk is the worst thing that can ever happen, he reduced number of strikeouts to walk ratio. He actually gave up some base on balls, but probably became a little bit better in pitching mm-hmm. because he wasn't so focused on, oh, my God, I can't walk anybody ever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear the Mariners having a, a serious discussion about the importance about base on balls versus and, and first pitches mm-hmm. that you throw up there. It's, a, it's an intriguing philosophical discussion about pitching. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And then when you start looking at the hitters, batting averages, and count, talk about 1-1 as yep. a big swing count. So you get a guy to 1-2 versus 2-1, it really takes the about a different direction. I mean, in two strikes, hitters swing a lot outside of the zone. The pressure, uh, it works. And so if you – I've heard it said our old player director development um, – our director of player development said – if you throw a lot of, like Matt Brash, the nastiest pitcher, if he threw majority of his pitches in 2-2 counts and 3-2 counts and 2-0 counts, he wouldn't be a big leaguer. Um, but if he threw majority of pitches consistently in 1-2 counts and 0-1 counts and 0-2 counts, he's going to be exceptional. Right. Uh, so, like, it really makes a big difference. I'm going to hold on. You going to stick around for a minute? Yeah. We'll do another segment. I'm already late on it. We'll take the break real quick. We'll come right back. Jared Billis hanging out with us. Matt Riddle, Chuck Zach, leaving the yard. Back in just a second here on The Fan, 107.9. 107.9 The Fan is the home of Texas high school football every Friday night. Never miss a touchdown from Tiger Stadium at Grimm Park and from the road. Texas Tigers football is brought to you by Red River Credit Union, M-Tech Electronic Services, Offenhauser Insurance, Rocket Fast Car Wash, Liberty Ilo, ISD, and Texarkana Emergency Center. And if you're out of town, you can catch the Tigers on the Texarkana Radio Center app or online at 1079thefan.com. Look local first, and you are helping our community. Small business rely on us to look local first, and your support is truly appreciated. Pecan Point Brewing and Gastro Pub is the perfect place to unwind with a handcrafted beer or cocktail in a family atmosphere. Join them on a Whiskey Wednesday for happy hour from 4 to close. Pecan Point Brewing. 213 Main Street in downtown Texarkana. As we age, we sometimes need some extra help. Call Sitters LLC. They'll send the sitter to you. Specializing in home, hospital, nursing home, and assisted living for adults. Call for details. 903-277-2191. Craving real Mexican food? Stop by Juanito's inside Vero's Latino Store at 2106 New Boston Road in Texarkana. Stop teasing your taste buds and get your palate right with authentic Mexican food. And check out the fresh meat market too at Vero's. Help local business by looking local first. Every time you make a purchase from a local business, you are helping the entire community. Look local first. 1079 The Fan, weather forecast for the four states. We have a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms later tonight with a low of 69. 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms tomorrow early. Showers likely possibly a thunderstorm in midday. Partly sunny with a high of 83. And tomorrow night, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms early with a low of 69. Whatever you do in the fall, it's more fun on a four-wheeler. And you can win one from us. Enter by scanning the QR code of participating sponsors. All righty, welcome back. About 25 minutes still top of the hour. Leaving the yard, Chuck, Zach, Matt Riddle, and hanging out today with Jared Bayless, former Pleasant Grove Hawk pitcher, who's now applying his wares for the uh, Seattle Mariners. He was a uh, draft choice in the Mariners a few years ago and uh, has been hanging out in the uh, Northwest League, right? Yep. Yep, in uh, in Everett, Washington. How do you like Everett? Oh, man, it's beautiful. Is it? Uh, the summer's there. It's unbelievable. It's what? like... This is the hottest, one of the hottest days of the summer that I've had yet. <laughs> it's today. It's today. <laughs> it's today. Here in Texarkana in September. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like 75, max 85 oh. degrees. 
no so rain. it's miserable you hate yeah. it 88 yeah. degrees is yeah. killing you <laughs> yeah this humidity has knocked me out <laughs> you know and that's it's an interesting problem northwest league everybody's probably going to have somewhat similar conditions i would expect you're yeah. probably going to some places where it's a little bit more humid or a little bit hotter mm-hmm. but as you have the conversation about playing in the majors seeing yourself playing in snow in cincinnati or in you know arlington now has a covered stadium but you 105 degrees in Arlington with 900% humidity. Can you yeah. imagine pitching? And I know you obviously went to high school here and you went to college here, but still the, the change to your body as you talk about the science of your body mm-hmm. and how it deals with the exhaustion that it's being put upon it by humidity and heat and cold sometimes. Yeah, it definitely plays a role. And, you know, I can't imagine the travel at the big league level oh. already, you know, flying halfway across the country, right. playing the next day. Thankfully in the minor leagues, you know, they made – a lot of quality of life adjustments to the minor leagues a couple of years back. One of which was is we play six game series, so we only travel once a week. Nice. So that's that's massive. Like it, it really helps us out a lot, and it makes it easier for my wife Hannah to come with me. Right. Who travels with us. So. Well, and how long have you been married now? Uh, two years. Okay, so she really. You were a guy who was kind of living. I'm glad you brought up the changes that Major League Baseball has decided to do with minor league baseball because it was such a huge issue a few years ago. So you're right in the middle of, I'm in my career and now I've gotten married and the conditions and the pay and whatever were terrible. I mean, being honest, it's, yeah. it's a great living. It's fun. You don't necessarily have to you know go get an eight to five job, mm-hmm. but they didn't make it worth minor leaguers time very much unless you were actually on a track to the majors. Mm-hmm. How has it changed now for you guys? Well, there's a lot more regulation coming in. Before, it was kind of uh, whatever you want to do, uh, and there was some like legal issues that were like protecting the organizations and from this. Uh, so a lot of things have started to change. The the players have unionized, so we've joined the MLBPA. Yep. Uh, so now they're you know bargaining on our behalf for a lot of these things, which is huge. So a lot of the things that are changing are, you know, issues around food you know we weren't supplied you know two meals a day uh, so we're at the field from you know 1 p.m to 11 p.m on a given day and you were only getting one meal uh, it's, it's hard to sustain you know even your job yeah and so like a lot of regulations being brought around that where there's like a, a minimum expected like service that they have to sure. provide uh, housing has been a huge change so in the past you know we lived with host families people would graciously mm-hmm. take us in uh, and if you're lucky, they wouldn't charge you. Um, so you were, you weren't having to pay somebody $500 a month out of your $2,000 a month salary. Right. Uh, so that's been huge now that they supply housing, uh, married couples with most organizations, uh, married couples get their own apartment. Nice. So, that, I mean, that's just been the biggest blessing was nice. having my wife out there with me uh, for the whole season, got her own apartment with her dog. Uh, makes it a lot easier to come home to your own place versus, you know, like just – uh, staying with someone else, but you know we're thankful for those host families. They uh, they did a big service for us uh, when we needed them, and they're still there supporting the community. Too. And, and, and for folks who may have been listening, and you may have kids that you think, "Hey, my kid's a pretty good baseball player. I can see my kid playing professional baseball if given their." You heard him right, say two thousand dollar a month pay. I mean, yeah. It's it's not you know Aaron Judge's or Otani's money. It's that's what you get in the minor leagues. It's just not much money until you get to that. Either you're a bonus baby draft choice, or you're a guy that makes it to the majors and the money changes dramatically. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. I th- I think all the time about you know the difference between me right now. I think about my the version of me that makes it to the big leagues. Like all the potential realities, future versions of myself. The one that makes it. Like what does he do right? And I think about the life that that version of me would have and I think you know like the pay would be you know the biggest increase you know if it were just oh, yeah. two hundred thousand dollars like yeah. man that would change my life but no it's not it's like 750 uh so minimum the, right so yeah so the incentive uh to get there man you know they they really demand the best of the best and yep. we look at one percent of players even getting to pro ball yep. you know the incentive to match the the one percent of that one percent you know it's mm-hmm. you uh you work for it. <laughs> so have you seen a guy in your couple of years who's made it to the majors and you can kind of put in pull from your memory? Uh, I, I know what this guy had. I know what this guy's ability was like. How am I comparing what I'm doing to what what he was doing when I faced him and he was on a track to get to the pros? 
You know, um, the the Mariners, we we have this scorecard, report card per yep. se, that we use that grades you after every outing and every, uh, like on the course of a season. But basically they, they grade how, you know, nasty your pitch was. Every team has these internal measures of to, to grade how nasty it is uh, or how well you locate it. Uh, so, you know, your intended zone, like where are you trying to throw this pitch and where did it actually go? Right. Uh, so if you have a consistent plan and you're consistently trying to throw to certain parts of the zone, then we can use that as a proxy to kind of measure, well, how often are you hitting that zone? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're targeting all over the place, then it's kind of hard. So you got to be committed to the plan. But if you're committed to the plan, we can kind of see like, hey, you're locating it better than the average big leaguer. Or your pitch is effectiveness, how nasty it is, is right. better than the average big leaguer. Uh, so like, it doesn't really matter where I am or the person that I'm, I'm playing, um, that I'm getting evaluated on these like quantitative and qualitative gotcha. stuff that I, I can be certain that I'm getting better and gotcha. getting closer to that big league version yeah. of myself. How often do they give you feedback on that? Uh, Is as it a much constant as, thing? As much as we want. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they do a really good job. And, um, you know, I've told them, you know, I'll do anything that you convince me of. And I kind of put that burden of, right. like, I need to be convinced. Like, this is my career. I have one chance. Um, and they've done that. Every time I have a question, they got an answer. Uh, so it's been, like, super helpful. Is part of your uh, focus utilizing new pitches, putting them in your arsenal, or are you saying, no, I'm comfortable with what I throw. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I maximize what I already do. Where's your head on that? Well, my slider is it's – a, it's a good pitch. It's right. got a lot of movement, um, and it's got some positive vertical-induced breaks. So it's actually got some spin that's contributing it to, to like, stay it, up. Yeah. Uh, which is a little unique, so I, I like that shape, and I'm I'm not really wanting to like change it too much. Okay. Uh, but then you start looking at location, so you say, you know, the average big leaguer, we can kind of see like what is the trade off between having a really nasty pitch and locating it a little worse than average, or having a pitch that's a little worse than average, like action wise, but, but you putting it where it. you want it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's a sliding scale. There's multiple ways to do this. Right. Uh, so. You know, it really comes down to I'm challenging myself to how consistently can I throw my pitch where I want to, and it's just doing that over and over and over. And you know, I'm I'm really confident that I'm gonna find a way to to locate it at a level that will make me a big leaguer. It's just throwing, a matter of are time. you throwing a changeup? I am. It's oh, a new yeah. pitch that I'm throwing. I'm okay. working, um, but it's probably one of my better pitches, like n- nastier pitches on right. paper. But I can't locate it very good right now. So that sliding skills. On the other, you know, <laughs> and I ask that as, as a PG kid, uh, you know, Michael obviously Michael Walker mm-hmm. made his living basically throwing a changeup yeah. for the most part. That most major leaguers just aren't using it, mm-hmm. which is surprising considering how high the level of fastballs has gotten. That more guys aren't going to an off speed or a changeup mm-hmm. where you're just tying guys up. But Michael's really made a living doing changeups as his go to yeah. pitch. Yeah, I, I you know I really want to work at a changeup in. I think it it gives you a unique. Uh, way to you know challenge hitters that a slider just doesn't right. give you, and it also gives you some like platoon neutral effects where you that changeup is going to play a little bit better against, or maybe it gives you a way to get lefties out that the slider right. doesn't. So it's just another thing that you could call on, and you know I really that's a that's a, going to be another focus of mine is really bringing up the the floor on my changeup location, nice. making it to where on its worst days it's still better than where it's currently. We got at. about a minute and a half, Matt Riddle. So Vingo wise. Where, mm-hmm. where do you stand at all about your fastball, Bingo? My average fastball in the season was just like a tick above 91, which okay. is good for me. And my release height is four foot three to four foot five, so I've oh, dropped wow. down substantially. Um, but it gives a unique look to the hitter where 91 from down there plays really good. Oh, yeah. it's, it's hard for him to hit, but I'm, I'm going to try to throw harder still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that, that was kind of where I was leading at with that question. You know, you get a lot of coaches and a lot of these kids, they all think that it's all about Bingo. Mm-hmm. You know, how hard can I throw it? Okay, well, that doesn't matter if you can't locate it. Yeah. You know, if you can't throw it to your spots, and you may be, you know, in high school and you're throwing upper 80s, but, you know, ain't no telling where it's going to go. Nobody's looking at that. Um, but what do they say about you with being around the, you know, sitting around the 90, 91 range? You know, are they wanting you to try to get more Vingo, or are you set kind of where you're at? It's, uh, it's not, I'm not going to say it's the first goal. I'm not going to say yeah. it's something that like, hey, we want you to abandon the other goals and, yeah. and approach this one with your top priority. But it would be nice. It's kind of one of those things that you know, keep your head down, continue work on the things you're doing, yeah. and 
uh, it'd be nice. But Not it's still a goal of mine. Yeah, have. yeah. But I would say to throwing hard. Throwing hard opens a lot of doors. Oh, yeah. um, so the only way to learn how to locate throwing hard is to to throw hard a lot, uh-huh. and then and then you learn how <laughs> to locate it. There you go. And it hides a lot of mistakes if you can throw hard too. <laughs> Tell you what, we're uh, I got music in my ear. Jared Bayless, it's great seeing you. This has been if, if you're listening to this or watching, this has been a great lesson. You're very knowledgeable about your profession, and that's uh, something to be commended on. There, I don't know that people realize. In fact, I don't think I did realize just how into analytics it really is for the organizations to get players prepared to be successful and keep moving forward. We wish you well moving forward. Majors is coming. I know. <laughs> Is. I hope so. You, we're, you, we're trying. What's your dog's name? Loki. Loki. What kind of dog? He's a cavapoo. Cavalier really? and a poodle. There you go. Well, Hannah, Loki, Jared, good luck. Thanks for coming by. It's great seeing you again. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come right back. Leaving the yard. Here on the fan, 1079. You've escaped the screens and the sun bathes everything in a golden glow. Your friend hands you a cold organic beer that tastes as perfect as nature itself. That's pure gold. Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, the first national USDA certified organic beer. Organic by nature. Enjoy responsibly. 2020 Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, St. Louis, Missouri. In this up and down economy, with a sense of protecting every penny you worked so hard for to achieve the all-American dream, let Stuart Title with 150 years title experience handle every step of the closing process to give you peace of mind. Vast resources and customer experience is second to none. If it's your first house, commercial real estate transaction, or refinance, Stuart Title Texture Canada will provide that peace of mind. Call 903-832-3720 to schedule your time today. Wingstop has three locations in Texarkana, 4501 North State Line, 2700 Richmond Road, and 4444 West 7th. Wingstop's hot wings started mild and go all the way to a tonic. With flavors like barbecue, garlic parmesan, Hawaiian, lemon pepper, spicy Korean, mango habanero, and Louisiana rub. There's also sides. Get fries all sorts of different ways, plus veggie sticks and Cajun fried corn. And then finish with a triple chocolate chunk brownie. Wingstop, 4501 North State Line, 2700 Richmond Road, and 4444 West 7th. I've just been placed in a foster home. The family is nice, but I just don't know them. I miss my family. Miss my old school. Miss my friends. I need someone I can talk to. Someone who understands me. I wish there was someone who could make me feel less alone. When you become a court-appointed special advocate or CASA volunteer, that person can be you. With our training and support, you can be someone in a child's life who is by their side throughout their time in foster care. Learn more at becomeacasa.org. Brought to you by Texas CASA. Baseball season is just around the corner, and the scoreboard in Texarkana is your team uniform headquarters. The scoreboard can cover all your screen printing jobs, plus do in-house embroidery on caps, jackets, shirts, and bags for your team, school, business, church, or personal needs. For team, corporate, or casual wear, and screen printing or embroidery, call the scoreboard 903-792-3391 or stop by 1433 College Drive between McCarty Ford and FedEx. The scoreboard online at scoreboardtxk.com. Since 1966, Robbins Toyota has served the Texarkana area with integrity, honesty, and loyalty. These characteristics define the Robbins Toyota experience, quality started by Eddie Robbins 57 years ago that continue to this very day with daughter Susan Robbins. Before your next new or pre-owned auto pickup or SUV purchase, check out the complete inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles at RobbinsToyota.com or visit the dealership at 6233 Mall Drive, Nash. My name is Jamie Bowles, and I was diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer in December of 2018. Nobody would even know looking at me that I have stage four lung cancer, and I'm grateful for biomarker testing for that. When I was sitting down with my oncologist, there was already a state-of-the-art medication available that I was going to be put on right then and there. Ask your doctor how comprehensive biomarker testing before treatment may help you decide on the best treatment. Visit noonemissed.org to learn more. A public service message from Longevity Foundation. What's going on in the Twin Cities? It's the best community calendar.
The 15th annual Tapas and Wine Fundraiser hosted by Hands on Texarkana is September 30th at the Collins Home, 1915 Olive Street, Texarkana, Texas. Come and enjoy a unique night of food, music, and silent auction. Five courses paired with specialty wines, live band, and shopping. For information, call 903-798-3211. You're listening to Leaving the Yard on 1079 The Fan. Brought to you by Liberty Island ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle. All righty, welcome back. About 10 minutes till the top of the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck, Zach, Matt Riddle, hanging out with you this uh, this afternoon as we uh, wrap up this week. A reminder about football tomorrow. we got Arkansas High over on uh, Real Country. We've got Liberty Ilo on uh, News Talk, and we've got uh, Texas High right here tomorrow. Paul Wilson going to be calling the uh, Tigers game for you as they come live from Hallsville. Apparently in the stands in Hallsville tomorrow is where we'll give you uh, Tiger football. So all that coming up on the uh, Friday evening presentations here on our family of stations. Uh, Jared Bayless just walked out the door a minute ago. He wanted to say, and and we didn't get to it during the uh, two segments we had, but I'm going to put a comment on the Facebook page when we get finished as well, on on the feed on this live presentation. But he has just started a a Facebook page, excuse me, a a website, jaredthrows.com, J-A-R-O-D, throws.com, and uh, I was looking at it here just a second ago where uh, he basically is uh, willing to do online uh, stuff, online training. He's got a blog there. If you've got kids or you've got uh, yourself, you're a young, young man who's looking to try to improve your, your pitching, he's got lots of stuff up on this. He just went live with it yesterday. And so if you are intrigued, take a look at it, jaredthrows.com. Uh, I don't even know if you'll find it on Google search. If you just did a Google search, you have to probably put it in a URL. But if you'll put that in, you will probably uh, go where uh, you want to go with this and uh, hopefully uh, throw some love his way and maybe uh, some business his way. And if you got anything from listening to that guy, he is very tuned in to what it takes on the analytical end of this profession mm-hmm. to be successful at it crazy yeah, I, was, I was talking to him outside and walking him out there and i mean he just seems like an all-around good guy yeah. uh you know you get some of these guys that you hear the term big leaguer you know they they big league the kids yeah. and stuff like that well just talk to him outside you know he was hey man you need anything let me know you got kids that, i mean i love talking to the kids and trying to get their mindset right for what they're doing yep. uh i mean he even you know signed oh look at that the ball for my did, stepson he didn't sign over mine did he over where i signed it <laughs> you know i had a ball in my truck i always have baseball in my truck you know it's just smart it's just me and uh i you know i told him i was like hey man can i get my you want to sign a ball for my stepson yeah. therese i mean he he loves baseball he's Did, big into you, it you had a sharpie in there too he had the sharp oh, so say. i took a ball to him and he was like man let me get you a different ball and he actually got minor an actual official minor league baseball uh that he signed he's like man it's a better looking ball anyway he's like okay so see, yeah. I'm blown away by all of this. Oh yeah, I'm blown. No, no, no. I'm blown away by the fact you've always got a baseball in the car. <laughs> I'm blown away by the fact you got a sharpie in the car. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, and come I to can, find I, out, I barely found my keys. <laughs> come to find out, I was telling him, you know, we were just kind of chit chatting and talking, and you know, I told him, I said, hey, I played for the Gunslingers when yeah, they were yeah, here, yeah. you know, and I we were, I was more or less talking about i wish i would have known the information i know now back when i was playing exactly and i told him i was like man i was 145 pounds when i was in high school you know i didn't think the that's gym about where you are big. now i wish <laughs> <laughs> i was like dude i'd love to be 200 pounds like i am right this second you know right, yeah and stuff like that and he ended up saying he's like dude i came to all the gunslinger games i had all the gear on he's like dude i was always at the games because you know that was yeah. the time he was about oh, yeah. you know yeah, junior yeah. high or something yeah. like that and uh, he's like dude that's awesome man he's like i i've got to meet one of them and i'm like well did you sign a ball for him i should have <laughs> that's what i was like okay you know what you, you said blew this, let me go ahead and sign you this for you blew that you you should have said i'll sign a ball for you and you should have said kid you should drop a kid in there i'll sign a ball for you kid. Hey, what i'll do is i'll go to his website yeah jacobthrows.com jared or jaredthrows.com yeah. and then i will emailers probably got to contact me he i'll does. email but hey send me your address i'll send you a ball yeah so there you go <laughs> with my autograph on it. that's what it is all right i gotta uh, i gotta i gotta pause this for a second because we need our intro music for picks of righteousness it's not about being right it's about being righteous we gonna pick who we want yes we will we don't care if you like it 
It's not about the point spread or what the papers say. Y'all tune in to the Pigs of Ratchetness. Oh my goodness. Every Thursday. Thursday. All right, there's our man, E.J. Jackson, with the Picks of Righteousness theme song coming to you every Thursday during the college football season. Tony may have left us. Picks of Righteousness lives on. How about that? <laughs> Here's how it works. Matt Riddle's never done this before, have you? Never. Works like this. We go through a couple of college football games on this very busy college football weekend. We tell you who not we think is going to win we don't care about as the song said point spreads we don't care about where they're playing don't care about any of that who's hurt we care about who we want to win for whatever personal reason it may be like for instance we'll start with arkansas has got lsu this weekend now matt really you're a man wearing an arkansas cap your man that's got a Razorback on his skin, for God's <laughs> sakes. You got a lady Razorback shirt on. If you tell me you're rooting for LSU, I'm going to lose my mind. And you got, got your Razorback, Razorback shoes. shoes on. <laughs> so your righteous pick this week would be what? That's a hard one. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you Razorbacks all the way. <laughs> all right. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I already know where this is going. Where, where is this going? <laughs> it's going to be a very tough one. They're in LSU. Oh, no, I'm not talking. I don't know. See, I like LSU. Uh-huh. I've got my, my, my kids all went to Arkansas. Razorback Billy. I love Razorback Billy. Yep. But, you know, I keep on getting this, this thing with the hogs of we're going we're gonna to run the table. We're gonna mm-hmm. the BYU loss took some some air out of the uh, out of it the did. ship. It did. I don't know that I want them to to have a completely depressing, disappointing year. But mm-hmm. when I read yesterday, they had a chance to hire Deion Sanders before he had had his first coaching job. Jerry Jones got an interview for him up in Fayetteville. He went up there and they passed on him and instead hired Sam Pittman. So now in the midst of all that, I'm thinking, I'm going to root LSU. So I don't know. I still, I still love Sam Pittman. I hear you. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, let's see, Colorado. Colorado's got Oregon, Oregon this week. All right. Here you go. Matt Riddle, what's your love here? I'm going to go with Colorado. And that's they just got it going. And I like, I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay. So, of course, I'm a Dion fan. Okay. And I think he's got the momentum going in his favor. No question. And he knows how to hop those kids up. Okay. And I think they're going to come out guns blazing. All right. LaMichael went to Oregon. Love LaMichael James. I don't know if anybody went to Colorado. We had a basketball player a few years ago went over there, did a couple seasons. But because of LaMichael, I'm going to go Oregon over Colorado. That's going to be my rooting pick. Uh, Texas has Baylor this weekend. That'll be Texas. Texas. You, Texas. You, you, why do you like Texas? I mean, I, I, I've, I've always been a Texas fan. There you go. Um, I've always enjoyed them. Okay. So I'm going to go Texas. All right. Well, because Tony's not here anymore, Baylor all the way. <laughs> Notre Dame, Ohio State. I'm going to go Notre Dame. Really? Yeah, I love the, I love the movie, Rudy. <laughs> See? You're the first guy in all these years. Everybody else walks in here, I hate Notre Dame. No. Yeah, I think they're wearing the green this week. Hey, I actually had a Rudy, like, what is it? The, the jersey. Uh, not the a shirt. jersey, but the... I don't know what you're doing. Letterman jacket. Oh, oh I yeah, really? I had an Irish Letterman jacket after watching Rudy. Because I was a small guy. So Nice. Perfect. Notre Dame. Perfect. Uh, Alabama Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Why? Because I hate Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's a thing, I guess. All right. I t- oh, what happened to my, my music here? There it is. It's a little bit late on my music started. <laughs> all right. Let's see if we can get one more in here real fast. Um, I got through all the really good ones that I like. Oh, no, no I did that one. Uh, how about uh, Florida State Clemson? Florida State. Why? I watched a movie that was about Florida State the other day, and just I think Florida State's going to take it. My daughter-in-law is a South Carolina kid. <laughs> 
It's been a tough year for Clemson. I love my daughter-in-law. They need a big win. I'm going to go Clemson over Florida State. So we didn't agree on anything. No. We're (laughs) We're done for today. You guys take it easy. We'll see you again on Monday here on Leaving the Yard. Today's Leaving the Yard tomorrow morning at 7 right here on KCMC Texarkana, 107.9 The Fan.